Hi, welcome to the Witching Hour. I am Patty Negri, your psychic, medium, and good witch, and your host for this hour journey into the other world. You might have seen me from my regular appearances on Ghost Adventures, from my book Old World Magic, or from bathroom walls across America. I don't know. My producer's going to go, what? Cut that out. Eh, I felt like saying it. Anyway, but this is my baby, actually. This is the witching hour. What is the witching hour, you say? Well, it's actually late at night, midnight, 3 a.m., when the veil between the worlds is the thinnest and magic happens. This witching hour is right now whenever you happen to be watching this podcast. So expect magic and that's what you will get. I bring you my lifetime of education, spiritual experiences, paranormal, magic, occultism. But best of all is I bring you amazing guests, the best in their field of spirituality, magic, occult, mysticism, all things supernatural. And today I am really proud to have one of those way up there guys, a dear friend of mine. He is an occultist. He is a psychic. He is a medium. He is the sweetest Satanist you will ever meet in your entire life. Um, and he's also a Ghost Adventures alumni. Welcome, my friend, Richard Leal Lillard. Hi, Richard Leal. Hi, Patty. How are you? I am so good. I miss you already. <laughs> I know. it is. We are across the United States from each other. But thankfully, we have these modern technology things. I, I was going to call you the other day, but I thought, no, I'll, I'll text because I don't know hour wise, you know, what's going on. I know. It's such an interesting thing now. In the olden day, olden days, you'd pick up a phone and you would call somebody or not. Now it's like, do I message? Do I FaceTime? Do I text? Is texting is is a real phone call? Is that interrupting now? It's there is no and then if somebody said they message you, did you message me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter? I don't know. I I it's like it's like I've got a big messy desk of everything in my head. Um, but yes, we are dear friends. And you did just move from the West Coast, Pasadena, the Pasadena Ritual House, anyone who saw that episode of Ghost Adventures, to, I guess you have also haunted old Victorian house back east now? It is. So I'm in this little town of Wasaic. And um, I'll tell you about the ghost, but I'll tell you how I, I, I came here. So I was dealing with a lot, a lot of pressures, a lot of things that were going on. And a friend of mine, someone that I have worked with several times. She says to me, listen, I know that you're not telling everything and what's going on. I said, well, I'm dealing with stress. There's issues with the house. There's issues. And she says, well, you could always come and live with me. I said, thank you. That's a very sweet thought. Thank you. I appreciate that. She says, but you wouldn't want to. She said, where do you want to go? I said, well, ideally... I, I've been thinking about upstate New York and I would like to be within two hours of the city. And she sends me back a message and she says, you mean like this house? And I went, exactly like that house. <laughs> and then that's the house I'm in. So, and it is, it is haunted. It is 18. Um, I'm not exactly entirely certain on, on the date. I know that it's at least 1880s, probably 1870s. Wow, that's beautiful. And it looks gorgeous already. For somebody who just moved, the average person would be, I'm sitting around boxes right now for another month or well, two. In a moment, I'll show you the other rooms. <laughs> oh, I have, I have to do one kind of at a time. I, I'm, I'm a little bit, I, 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 you're, you're, going, you're going to go through and see this one and go, oh, what is that? <laughs> that's, it's, it'll be okay. 
We, we will see. Well, what we're seeing now, for those of us who are seeing the video section of this, it's beautiful. An amazing fireplace right there. Um, Thank you. You know what? Uh, I, I, I got this. I, I was sitting, I'm, all of my furniture, the most of my furniture has not arrived yet. I, all of my chairs I brought with me, my pictures, my lamps, I brought them with me because I didn't trust the movers with those kind of things. And I would, so I didn't have a bed yet, and I was sleeping over there in the corner on the floor. And I went, you know what I wish this room had? I wish it had a fireplace. I wish it had a fireplace, even if it was just a fireplace mantle. So I, uh, my first day here without having a trailer attached to the back of the car, <laughs> I, went, <laughs> I went out, found an antique store, and this was way over in the back. And the, the clerk says, well, it's an antique store and it's run by antique people. And the woman who operates this booth, she does it by herself. I don't know how she gets things in here. She's 83 years old. Wow. So I bought it. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Th that is beautiful. Did she get it out for you? Did she carry it to the car? No. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing was, that uh, one of the gentlemen who, who works a booth there and, and sort of helps to carry, he's retired. I've met him a couple of times. But uh, the other people were, were like, well, maybe we can get it in the back of your car. And I said, we'll get it in the back. And the one fellow says, no, you are not getting that in there. And I went, oh, yes, I will. He says, oh, no, you won't. Why are you going to work for free? It's not going to go in there. I said, well, I can figure it out. So I out there in the parking lot, snow all around, I dismantled it screw by screw and then made it fit in the back of the car. That's amazing. You are handy like that. I remember uh, 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 Father Sebastian and I went to visit you just before moving, and I know half of California the week you were probably trying to move and probably least ready to see people, you're wrapping furniture, you're doing this major move. Every person I know had to go see Richard Lael before he left. So you're, you're, you're entertaining, you're holding things, but, but you are a hands-on kind of do-it-yourself guy. I've, I've, your homes are amazing. What you do with your furniture, your walls, gets like- well, Thank you. You know, I've, I've had a lot of practice. Um, so when I was a weird little kid growing up, um, my my auntie gave my sister a Victorian dollhouse. My sister was a tomboy. My sister didn't want to do anything to do with 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 a, what she going to do to the dollhouse. She didn't want a dollhouse. Well, I wanted the dollhouse. I didn't play with the dolls, but it it came with this um, metal furniture, all Victorian and French re revival. And I I spent years playing and arranging and decorating that house. And then my father built me, on my 10th birthday, he built me a dollhouse. And the funny thing with him is that he, you know, Midwestern, evangelical, military man, um, was a little confused when I was older as to why I would go into the ballet. He said, well, I, I think you ought to stick with show business. I don't like that dance. <laughs> but when I was nine, about to be 10, my father was working on a, on the on the car, and I sat next to him. I was wearing pink and blue, and my little my little hands were just flailing about all over the place. I don't, I don't know what I was talking about, but it was something. My father uh, rolled out on the on the creeper, the crawl, the little roller thing, and he gets up and he dusts dusts himself off, and his deep voice drops about two octaves.
and he says, son, uh, son, uh, I want you to stop acting like, uh, I want you to stop acting like, uh, well, I want you to act more like a boy. But that was the year he built me the big Barbie house for me. And I, <laughs> in my teenage years, I was, I would wear eccentric clothing. I would wear top hats and spats and tailcoats and capes. And people would say, look at that weird kid. And my father would say, that is my son. And I wish I could dress just like him. He wears top hats and carries a cane. I, I could see little Richard Lael doing that too. I mean, that's how we do see you. When we show up almost unexpectedly at your house and you are wrapping furniture, you are fully dressed in the three-piece suit. So yeah, I could see little boy you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was when I went to school, uh, at, you know, I was, I was four, almost five. And I said, does that mean I get to wear a suit every day? And mother says, no, you can wear it for picture day. But I'm not going to have you. I'm not going to have you wear a suit because I can't afford the dry cleaning on your suit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so cute, and you've developed into a fine man, sir. <laughs> Thank you, my darling. Um, so how does it work? Okay, we know we know what West Coast and being, you know, kind of left of center, alternative lifestyles, belief systems, magical ways. How is it being there in Upstate? Do you know yet? I do. You know, I, I'm really pleasantly surprised because uh, the, the, this little, it's a little town. It's called Wasek. It's a little town. It's an old town. And the people have welcomed me. Now, my license plate, as you know, still reads Mr. Satan on the old car. <laughs> and uh, Facebook groups have welcomed me and, and said, you know, it really does my heart good. People have brought me gift baskets. Um, people have gotten readings from me. They're really, they're really lovely. I'm, I'm, I don't know what I was expecting, but I'm really grateful for it. I do know too that uh, this area it was a spiritualist movement back in the 19th century. So maybe, maybe it's a holdover. Maybe. Probably, yeah. You're not in the Bible Belt, so, so that's that's not it. And yeah, are you anywhere? Again, I don't know upstate. Fair, are you anywhere near like the Lilydales and any of those kind of places that are spiritualist? I think so. Uh, I'm I'm about 45 minutes from Poughkeepsie, okay. which has Poughkeepsie has a witch a witch district, a witchcraft district. Wow. Yeah, their own district. I love that. <laughs> they have these really neat little signs with witches on brooms. <laughs> Oh, how fun. Ah. So anyway, so um, again, you are an amazing medium, a tarot reader. You work with clients the way that I do now, too, in the midst of this pandemic, everything kind of video and phone and all sorts of different ways. Um, how are you finding people, again, since you coach people daily like I do, how are you finding people handling what we're going through right now with um, the pandemic and how far... There's a lot of anxiety, yeah. um, you know, people trying to deal and people aching for human touch and people um, really sort of not knowing. Uh, when I talk to them, it, it, it sort of helps to calm some fears and helps. Here's the train. You have a train at your house. How cool is that? Well, you know, the funny thing is, I love this train. Uh, so... The I'll let it go by.
So when I was in Pasadena, I was right off the highway, which during the day you couldn't really hear it much, but at night it was, I could hear it, but you know, maybe sensitive hearing, I don't know. So I have a train and when I, when I signed the lease, the, the leasing manager she, agent, she says, now it's really noisy. I said, uh, oh, is it? She said, well, it's full disclosure, it's right by the train, it's really no noisy. I went, no, I, I think that's fine. She says, well, it's right by the train. I went, well, I live right by the highway, so. <laughs> does, it go, does it go day and night? Does it have a schedule that you could follow? Yeah, about, it stops about um, uh, one o'clock in the morning, but it's, it's every hour or so. So it's not, you know, it's not, it's not constant rumbling. And <laughs> because I'm such an Adams Family dork, <laughs> Every time the train goes by, either out loud or to myself, I always say, oh no, father's playing with his trains again. The diesel, dead man's curve. It's from the 1991 yes. film where yes, Gomez yes. blows up the train. I love it. I love it. <laughs> See, I think that sounded great. It sounded romantic and great and old school. And I don't even mind freeway. I'm not that far from the 101 freeway. And I do agree when they say it sounds like water. It sounds like the ocean. If you listen to what the ocean sounds like or the highway, unless some big horn going by or sirens, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of nice. But the train, that's much more romantic. And that works for you because you're one of the most romantic people I know in just life. Thank you. Well, I, I life is delicious. And and I, I, I think one of my number one rules is that things should at least attempt to be beautiful. That's, that's beautiful people, emotionally, mentally, physically, um, beautiful spaces, beautiful sounds, beautiful, beautiful music, beautiful clothing, beautiful textures, beautiful colors, beautiful cars, beautiful, just beautiful. I like beautiful, beautiful places. I like beautiful too. I'm a Libra, so I'm supposed to like beautiful. But again, I guess that's why I go insane when I walk into your home. Because <laughs> you feel the texture, you feel the richness more than just, uh, you have a Daxer. And I'm sure your magical bent plays to that too, because we look at all dimensions and all that, working into an occult world. And so how did that happen for you? I don't, I don't, I, a lot of people, everybody knows who you are, but maybe not know how this little, like Midwestern evangelical odd <laughs> child turned into you, Richard Lyell. Well, you know, it was really funny. Um, so I normally, I normally have my throne when I do these things and I sit in the throne. I have to redo the bottom because it's 200 year old chair and it's, it's starting to sag. Um, I, I have to redo it. So years ago, I was, I was about 15 and I was doing a show called Lost in Yonkers at a little community theater over in Carthage, Missouri. And instead of thinking about getting in a character and thinking about what I was going to do and how to get in, in you know, thinking about my role, I was, this was the 90s and I was, I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm really weird and I don't want people to think I'm weird and I, I, I don't want people to think I'm, I'm gay. I was so afraid of that, being gay. And... I conjured up this image, it just popped in my head, of me in a suit who was much older, not that much older, but older, in a suit, in, that, in the chair that I sit in. And I went, oh, that's beautiful, but no, no, I can't do that, I can't do that. People will think that's gay, I can't do that. So I, I, I reworked it in my mind, and there was 
I, I tried to put on long shaggy hair and a beanie cap and, and flannels and, you know, just typical 90s right. stuff. And I hear a friend of mine who was in the show, I hear her in my head. She's got a very distinct cadence. She's a witch. She's, she's, she's a pagan. She's so lovely. Brandy is her name. And uh, I hear her in my head say to me, well, I really liked the first one better, but it's okay. I mean, if you are happy the other way, but I really like the first one better. And I turn around and there is my friend smiling at me. And I went, oh, 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 she can hear me. She can hear me. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. Erase that, erase that. Oh God. And years later, years later, I asked her, I said, Brandy, remember Lost in Yonkers? And I was going on stage and I know this is going to sound maybe crazy, but we communicate telepathically. And uh, you were telling me about going, about being accepted before I was going on stage. And she says, well, you think really loudly. And, <laughs> and she says, and I love you. And I just wanted you to be happy. So that was, you know, she was the first person who sort of introduced me to full on witchcraft. But uh, how did it begin? Well, my mother is Native American. My father has Native American in him. And uh, they just they just knew things. They just did things. My my mother could make pencils dance, and she could she could ha she would have telepathy and and make people f sing Christmas songs in July, or it was just what she did. And then my my father's auntie uh, had telekinesis to the point where she could make a table walk across the room. So how does it happen? I don't know. But then I grew up really really Christian and. I, I, my mother was afraid of it. My father was not afraid of it, but he didn't call it witchcraft. Um, how did it happen? I don't know. It just, it just did. And then I remember one, one day I told my mother, I said, well, you know, mother, uh, sometimes you look at someone on the street and they're yelling at someone that you don't see. And then you go, oh, that person is crazy. And then I wonder sometimes am I seeing people that other people don't see? Because I know I do. And mother says, don't say that. People will think you're crazy. I said, mother, they already do. <laughs> and then I, I, I moved to LA to pursue, well, that was the roundabout, but I moved, I, I moved from San Francisco. And then from before that, it was, I was in Europe for a while. And then before that, I was in Vegas playing Freddie Mercury. But then I, I moved all the way back to LA to pursue at the time, I thought, okay, I'm I'm in my early 30s, and I think I think I want to do acting. I think that's that's a good thing to do. And then I and then I thought, well, you know, it's fun. I enjoy it. I wouldn't turn down roles. I do enjoy it. But really, I like being me. And uh, I, I as an actor, someone who was trained in the theater, I didn't realize it, but I was channeling spirits even in the process of. Because I would, I would sometimes I would play someone who had been alive, some real person, and I would ask that person to come into me. And people who knew them would go, "Wow, how did you? I don't know how you can do that." Because I, I hear Freddie, I see Freddie, everything you. I don't know how you. I worked for, with Freddie. I don't know how you can do that. Or if I, it would be a fictional character, I would have authors come in and say, "That's exactly what I saw." So I would just channel the spirits again. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. 
that is beautiful. So you were doing it. Um, and again, because I channel spirits too, that I've never done a channeling a spirit while I'm doing an impersonator or I'm up on stages, but I think there is nothing better than that. And I, I, I my goodness. So speaking of Fre Freddie Mercury, I see that, um, I, I know you do an, a beautiful Freddie Mercury and I'm seeing a crown right behind you. Before we went on air, you said that's your Freddie Mercury crown. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> it normally, it, it, as of late, the last couple of years, it's been sitting on the head of Louis the 14th. He's not arrived yet. So it's over here on this column, but this crown has been, it, this, this, it's a very special crown. So, uh, it, it was three crowns that I pieced together, like elements and pieces. And then I spent, goodness, 1500 or 70, at least $1,500 worth of Swarovski crystals and real pearls. And it was, wow. it was, really, it was elaborate. Um, so I wore that as Freddie Mercury and I, I it, that went with me to, to London, to Greece, to Denmark, to Sweden, to San Francisco, to LA. It was just, it was one of those things. But when I was in San Francisco, the crown took on another role. Um, so I was going to the opera and my friend says, to, I said to my friend, Tony, I said, I don't have anything to wear and I have, I'm going to the opera. And he goes, well, you can sew, make something. So I dug around and I found some vintage blue fabric and I, I made a mock-up of, of an 18th century costume. Well then, uh, I, I, I needed, a, I had a photo shoot where I needed to be 18th century. So I wore that and I wore the crown. I was also naked and I put the crown in, in private places. <laughs> it was one of those kind of photo shoots. Um, and that, but the one with just full on, I, I wore it to an audition. Well, no, it was, I, forgive me. I was, I was, I went to an audition for a leather daddy. It was for Absolute Vodka, Absolute SF. They were doing their sort of regional thing. And I thought, well, I can do leather. I have, a le I could, I have leather, I can do leather. So I show up and the, on my resume at the top was the picture of me as the character's name is Louis XIVII. It's not a real number, don't even try. <laughs> it's just not. And they said, what's this? And I said, oh, well, that's a, a character I developed. He's a French monarch who is sort of transported from the 18th century to the 21st century. And he doesn't really know how things have moved on, but that's who, who he is. And uh, they went that, we want that. So I, I was, I used that in absolute vodka. And then I came here and one of the characters I, I was known for was Willy Wonka. And they said, oh, uh, it's America's Next Top Model, and we want Willy Wonka or a Willy Wonka-type character. So I show up at the audition, and I realize then that I have a text that says, don't come dressed as Willy Wonka. And I went, oh, 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 goodness, oh, goodness. So I take the wig and the hat off, and, and I, I go in. They loved it, and they said, okay, you're really great. We need you now to convince the big boss. Go right in there and talk to him. And I walk, I knocked on the door, I walked in, and I sit down, I told a joke, I don't remember what. And he says, what are you doing here? I said, because you're going to hire me for this America's Next Top Model job. And he says, you think so? I said, I know so. He goes, well, you, you can't normally just walk in and just 
say you got the job. I tell you what, he says, uh, what characters? And I said, here, take a look. This is my phone. Scroll and see. He stops it at the, the Louis the XIV. Yeah. And he goes, what is this? And I said, it's a, it's a character. I developed him. He's this 18th century aristocrat. And he goes, okay, I tell you what we're going to do. I want you to come back here three days in that costume, wearing that crown. I said, okay. So I didn't have a car at the time, and I rode the bus from Hollywood, California, all the way out to Santa Monica, way <laughs> out there, dressed like Louis XIVII with the crown. And there are, there are pictures of me floating around on the internet with me going to that audition. I Look love it. I love it. So it's kind of like your lucky crown. It kind of is. It kind of is. Um, it just, it, it, for a long time, the crown was a symbol, my symbol. It's, it's the crown, royal, it's, it's mysterious. So it, it still is, I still identify with the crown. That is beautiful. And it's beautiful and textured and all those things that you do so well. <laughs> um, so again, getting back to, to about you, you chose to move from sunny California to upstate New York. And I know you've been there and lived there before, but in like the but worst I weather. Lived, I haven't lived in New York. So it's the first time I've lived here, but go on. But I'm just saying you picked like the, the worst weather they've ever had and the worst weather and everything. How, how's your blood? You love it? I love it so much. I I have not been able to stop smiling. And you, the, the internet guy was here today because I just finally got my internet turned on. And he goes, oh, goodness, it's snowing again. I said, yes, I know. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, yeah, and I've seen photos or videos of you driving around in your convertible Mr. Satan antique car. I am sure you made just quite an impression on your town. That's fabulous. How could they not love you? That's all I can say. How could they not love well, you? You know, they've. I, I, most people here, like I said, have really, they're kind of in on it. They're kind of, they go, oh, Mr. Satan, that's funny. Whereas I, I, I realized in LA, I don't, I, you'd think that it would be much more open and much more broad. It's, it's a little bit, there are pockets of extreme conservatism inside LA and uh, people who are afraid, people of Abrahamic faiths oftentimes are afraid of the devil and it makes, so, <laughs> you know, but, but upstate New York, they're going, oh, there's that weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but he's pretty, <laughs> but he's pretty. Um, so, okay, so again, I, I know you, I do identify as a Satanist. How did we get to Satanist over, I'm a witch, I'm a warlock, I'm a magician, I'm a wizard, uh, you know, or anything like that? Is it the philosophy itself? Because you don't seem like any other Satanist I know. Just <laughs> well, I'm not like I'm not like any other Satanist. Uh, I I have a lot of friends who are uh, different sects, and I'm kind of my own thing. But I, I love them, and it, they do what works for them, and I think great, that's perfect. Good. But I, there's there's kind of it's kind of um it's kind of a convoluted story. So I'll kind of abridge it. So why is it Satanism? Well, I love the idea of I love the idea of being animalistic, of, of knowing that we are animals. Mankind is just another animal. Sometimes we're worse, sometimes we're better. Uh, most of the time, humans are not as good as our 
brethren that are, you know, four-legged friends. But I also love the idea, the philosophy behind Satanism is that you blame yourself when, if, if you have, have made a mistake or harmed somebody, then you owe it to yourself and the other person to make amends and to apologize and to, to, to make it work. Um, if they deserve it, if they won't hear of it, then, you know, that, then I don't owe you anything. It's also, I love the idea of when I do something, I do something. I'm not giving my power away. I say, yeah, I worked really hard and I did this thing. So it's, it's, it's taking blame, but also taking, uh, taking responsibility, positive and negative. So I like that aspect. But then to get a little bit cheeky, mm -hmm. Growing up, evangelical, Pentecostal, Assemblies of God, I loved the idea. I loved Lucifer. I loved that he was so, he was the most beautiful, radiant angel. I loved that he was able to sort of say, hey, I'm going to do what I want to do. And if you don't like it, well, you don't have to do, I want you to do, I want you to do what you want to do too. So I kind of like that independence. Um, and then I remember my brother-in-law was, was preaching a sermon. He was a pastor too, this little country church. And uh, I, it was about the devil. And I went, oh, he sounds like a really nice guy, actually. <laughs> and then when I was a kid, I remember saying, you know, I can find something in common with almost anybody, even the devil himself. And well, you know, here I am. Here you are. Um, yeah, and what you're saying about Satanism is, is true of paganism. We take responsibility for what we do. It's not good or bad, evil, hell or heaven. No, I, I, I'm not going to be forgiven by a Hail Mary or some God going, just say you're sorry. You know, you take responsibility. That's Well, and that's it. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm not like other Satanists because I am kind of pagan, but I really do love the imagery of Satanism. So I know, <laughs> you're your own animal, which is great. I am too. That's why I can't even claim what kind of a witch I am. I'm, I'm just a witch. Um, I just had a guest and she's great. And she's third degree this and fourth degree that and goddess of the, and I'm like, I'm just a witch. I don't know. I'm very elemental in my work. I I take from everybody. I'll steal from everybody. I will do. I'll do. You know. I'll do a lot of ceremonial magic. I will do a lot of chaos magic. I will do a lot of your basic this magic. So yeah, that's what we get to do in our world. We, we, nobody I, tells us what to do in our world. The wonderful thing is that getting to know you like I have. We work so well together. We do seances together and we do magic together and we work very similarly. We were, okay, yeah, you can have your degrees or whatever, but a little bit of ceremony over here and a little bit of magic over here and a little bit, a little chaos and all, we just sort of, yeah. and, and calling upon the winds. We work so well together. Yeah, we work extraordinarily well together, like like little puzzle pieces fitting together. Um, and it's great. And it's funny because it's the, the, the Satanist and the good witch. It's, I, I, one day I'm going to put on my big Glenda pink ball gown. We'll have to do a photo shoot together. I would, uh, well, come, come and see me in New York because uh, there's some really wonderful places. Now, this room, it it, it is blue and green, but... Uh, with a certain light, it looks green. So it'll look like you're in the Emerald City. 
Okay, we could go for it. I, I could see a mold city all over there. So yeah, we we will definitely do that because we do. We work beautifully together, whether on the other side of the veil or this side of the veil. And I think we have very similar in what we really do look at the ethical code, integrity, stuff like that. We're right up there, whatever you want to call us. Yeah, exactly. More holy people that <laughs> I, I know and see. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing too. Um, I have a lot of people who are Christians and uh, who are is Islam and, and Buddhist and Hindu. And they will say to me, they say, you are more Christian than most Christians I know. This is what it's supposed to be. And I, and I don't get offended at that because it's the idea of doing what's good for everyone, uh, bringing healing, uh, offering gifts, offering of myself, uh, doing so without 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 the whole martyrdom thing i don't need that but yeah. but but the idea of an ascended master who brings himself to the world and, and and in so doing will help the poor and help the elderly and 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 do what you can without taking too much from yourself yeah that's what we do yeah who was it somebody was just talking to me recently because just a week or so ago we we ran a seance together at the vampire ball because yes vampires too we both have our pet we are witches satanists and vampires but they're all good um but somebody was going for for you guys you know for being at a vampire ball you know a witch and a cult is a satanist you guys did a lot of bible quoting <laughs> like yeah yeah <laughs> Everything was prefaced. I'm not a Christian, but <laughs> but I can, it works. Exactly, it all works. I I take I take it all again because it's I, I see energy. That isn't kind of my gift, and so it doesn't matter what template you put on top. It doesn't. No. It doesn't. It doesn't. What word you want to use? That same through line. That same. What is good? What right? Yeah. A rose by any other name would it smell as sweet? Exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, do you have any big plans now that you're, what you want to do there once we get through this pandemic coming out? Excuse me. I do have. Um, for a little while, I can't go into too, too much detail. Um, so the, the Beetle House, I, I knew them from LA, but they actually have a place here in New York. Now, um, they want me to come be myself, entertain the guests, read cards and do th they said even before before we open come and read cards in the city for it you could do it here and and that's it's that great it's it's good to have that little uh extra extra space uh and then i can't i can't tell you what they're what they're opening but they're opening up another bar that will specifically deal with um witchcraft and they want me to be the MC, and they want me to, they want me to entertain, and they want me to read tarot cards for them. So I'll be working on that. Um, ah. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and that is, tell people what the Beetle House. People may not know what the Beetle oh, House is. So the Beetle House is really funny. Um, it, it's it's this Tim Burton inspired uh, nightclub bar and restaurant, and uh, they they opened up here a really small bar, which is now going to be their, their new uh, witchy bar. Um, really, really small. It was a narrow hallway, but it was cute and it was fun. And then they started getting characters who were just like, well, I'm, I'm here, could I just, so people started enjoying it. 
Now, in those days, I was a Willy Wonka impersonator, and uh, I had the approval of the Nestle Corporation, the Doll Estate, uh, from, uh, was it Warner Brothers? Whoever, I think it was Warner Brothers, had, had, the, had the, the rights. But anyway, I, I had all of their approval. So these people sought me out. They had heard, they were looking for, they were looking for Tim Burton characters. And uh, Zach, Neil, and uh, Gia, I can't remember her last name, but they, they, they're business partners, and they, they sought me out. And they said, will you come to our restaurant and just take pictures? Well, I did, but I got so bored. I was so bored out of my mind because, okay, a lot of people are eating, so I can't. So I, I, I went up on stage, and I started doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, I, I tried stand-up, but I make more money on my back. it was really fun it was really entertaining they're really good to me but then i was feeling i this was uh about a year and a half ago i went you know i don't want to do impersonation work anymore i'm good at it i don't want to do it i don't want that to be my thing anymore and i i had this thought in my head that when they open up the new place because they they moved locations in l.a when they open up the new place, if I have to play Willy Wonka, I'm going to resign. I can't do this anymore because it's not, it's not, it doesn't fit my energy anymore. Doing other people's work doesn't, I have to do, I have to be me. So they, Zach called me up and he says, you know, my friend, I was thinking about you and uh, we think you're really good as Willy Wonka, the best actually, but we're kind of thinking and we hope we don't offend you. But we're kind of thinking that we want you to not be Willy Wonka, but we want you to be you. And I went, oh, well, okay, that I can, that I can do. I can do that. So then pre-shutdown, uh, that was what I was doing. I was, I was moonlighting at, at their Los Angeles bar and, and, and restaurant. And then they, they, Zach was a little bit upset. I, I, I just, I'm up and moved. And he goes, oh, you moved, and now you're, you're not going to be part of the restaurant, and you know, you're, you're my family, and I love you, and I don't know what I will do without you. And he goes, wait, did you move to New York? <laughs> I wow. Said, yeah, I'm about two hours from the city. He goes, oh, good, 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 good. So <laughs> you're still family. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. That is brilliant. I can't wait to come visit you to do all, do everything. So, okay. You were going to give us a little tour of the house. Some people are on video. Some people are just audio. So you'll have to explain yeah. it. So explain okay. your beautiful Victorian 1800s so home. This house is interesting. So it is very haunted. Um, I, I, I encountered the first day here, there was an, a woman in a Victorian dress that sort of peeked in to try to figure out who I was. Like, what are you? Who are you? What are you? And then there was an older woman that I sensed. And then I went, there's a woman in the back and I don't, she doesn't like me. And even a woman who had lived in this, in this apartment, she said, um, she says, you, you, did you encounter the guests, uh, the, the, the spirits, the, uh, the, the old ones? And I went, yeah, I did. I said, but the woman in the back doesn't like me very much. And she says, don't worry, she doesn't like anybody. She said, but when the house caught on fire several years ago, she did wake up the people in the lower part of the house. So, and then, and then I heard her, she was, I was trying to use the facilities and she was stomping around and it gave me a weird feeling. So I had to tell her, okay, I'm, I'm a little indisposed 
And so please don't do that while I'm trying to take care of business, please. So, and she, she's been fine since. So, um, I don't think, can I flip this around? Flip it around, flip it around, yes. How does it work? Oh, here we go. Flip it down and reverse it. There we go. Ah. So there's my, my stained glass window from the old place. This actually is one of my favorite pieces. Um, this is from, uh, from the late 19th century from New Orleans. It was a church that was raised. And then of course, here's the weather. Holy, holy moly. <laughs> I don't even know if I've been in that cold of weather. It's so fabulous. There wow. it is. And there's the train that goes across the way. So um, here's my portrait. You saw that one on Ghost Adventures. Yes. But, um, Beautiful. It's your devil portrait. My over devil the portrait. The, the horns. So evil, you know. Yes. Uh, I got these. I'm going to show you these lovely... I, I was trying to not spend money because I was moving and I was trying to get rid of things because I was moving, but I found these antique 1930s funeral parlor lamps. And wow. The, the woman says, well, the, the globes aren't original and, and the original ones are broken. Uh, so they have these flames that go on there and, and I don't think you'd want them. And I went, no, that's, actually why I want them, because they, they match my, my chandelier, my turn of the century chandelier. So that's this room. And then I'll, there's my crown, for those of you who are watching. It's, it's beautiful. And for a guy who said his furniture hasn't arrived yet, that it's a beautifully put together room already. <laughs> well, thank you. So my furniture hasn't arrived. I have little pieces here and there, but you know, I did bring a lot with me. I'm going to show you, this is kind of embarrassing because I have to figure out where to take it to the recycling. So this is going to be, this is the head of the stairs. You come up the stairs and in through here, that's the room we were just in. And then this is going to be my, my office, my, my seance room, but I didn't know what to do with all of the boxes. So it's, it's, it's box city is what that is. <laughs> That's, don't be embarrassed by that. It's just folded up boxes, really. Folded up boxes. <laughs> and then, uh, again, the stairs here. You come up here. This is going to be my drawing room. Lovely. And another fireplace. Yes, that one I just got because... Not that I really should be spending money, but after I, I, I paid 100 for the other one, I found this one for 50 So Only $50 for that? I did. And it has, a little, it has a little light in it that works. So, so I have a little routine. So during the day, I, I will spend in the other room. And then at night, I come in here and I just, this is another little bed I got. So at night, I come in here and I just, I relax in front of a flickering light bulb. Right? Aww. <laughs> Romantic flickering light bulb fireplace. Yeah. Well, and then I, and then I listen to 1940s, 30s, 40s, and 50s radio programs. So it's just exciting and it's fun. And that's what I do. See, you are the ultimate romantic. And then this was when the house was new. This was not a closet, but this was the hallway that went to the back of the house. Ah. Fortunately, it's a closet. Uh, it's still, you know, I'm still moving, so there's some things, but 
This is going to be the dining room. I'm not going to show you the kitchen because it is a mess. But this is the dining room. There's your wrap. I, I love all the woodwork and everything. Isn't it lovely? Yes. All the, you know, edging around the doors and the windows. They just don't make them like that anymore. Well, and what I love about this house, too, it, it's, it's typical Victorian. Again, 1870s, 1880s. But it was originally one house. And you would you come through the front doors here. <gasps> Look at that porch. Look at that porch. All of the fretwork. And you then we've got right over here. This is the Wasayak project. This is the, it's an art commune. And then uh, that's the post office. The original 1872 post office is still there, still standing, still in operation. And then you come through here, and I have the foyer. And it has these wonderful uh, two-tone floors. Yeah. And then I've got, I've got this closet right back here under the stairs. But you, I don't think you'll be able to see anything. It's dark. But what's that? It's oh, beautiful. Isn't it fabulous? Yeah, so, I get I I go right for woodwork. I love. It's all beautiful. It has it has the original doorbell, which you have to ring it from the outside when the storm doors are open. Um, so, as as typical houses in the Victorian era, the downstairs was originally for entertainment, and that's where you would spend the money on, on the nice wood, on the good wood. But as you come up. This is a cheaper wood that has been, it's original, but it's a cheaper wood that has been painted to look like oak. Hmm. But it's, it's not oak, it's probably cedar. It's pretty anyways, it's a lovely it old pretty. tree. A lovely old tree. Yeah. So this was originally a bedroom. The hallway closet went all the way through. It was, a, it was just a hallway. And then there's a bathroom here. Oh, I should have gotten. I want to show you something if I can remember what I did with my. Uh, I can't. I can't find it. I don't want to take the time looking for them. I was going to show you the attic space. Ah. So, um, this is the closet that is the other end of the hallway. Um, this is still a mess. My uh, former flatmate has moved out, so she's still gathering some of her things. But I'm going to put my. This is an 18th century four-post bed. It's going to go in here. Wow. And then this is an art room. Again, there's more things that are hers, but this is going to be my art room. And then closets, 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 closets. Lots and lots of closet space. It looks very and spacious. It's, yeah, it's it's really it's really spacious. And when I saw it, I just fell in love. It's such a, it's such a sweet, charming old home. Even though there are some spirits here that are less than friendly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, if anybody can keep them in line, you can keep them in line. Oh, um, yeah. So anyway, well, thank you for that lovely tour, um, audio and visual for those who got it. it. The home is beautiful for those who couldn't see.
Well, I can't believe time flies when we're having fun like this, always with you, Richard Lale. Um, so you will have to come back. But before we go, tell people where they can find you. Oh, I'm really easy to find. I heard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're both doing the same jokes. But I... <laughs> so I'm everywhere. Uh, thegentlemanpsychic.com, The Gentleman Psychic on Patreon, The Gentleman Psychic on YouTube. Um, I, I think I'm... I, on Facebook too, The Gentleman Psychic, uh, as well as uh, you can look for Richard Lale Lillard anywhere. You can also on Twitter and oh my goodness, on Skype, you can find me at Richie Lillard. Oh, <laughs> I haven't figured out how to change everything yet. Okay, well, we'll call you Richard Lale forever and ever and ever. <laughs> I love it. Uh, no matter what Skype says, some people just never get your name right, I know. Anyway, well, thank you very much. Our beautiful guest, Richard Leah Lillard, the gentleman psychic. My name is Patty Negri, and you are listening to The Witching Hour. So come back next week, tell your friends, and find the magic. It's everywhere. See you next week. <laughs>